Hi again. This week, I'm going to try and raise my street cred a little by hanging out with the cool kids. At one stage or another, we all wanted to be in a band, but ask most musicians and they'll tell you it's harder to make money than it looks. I'm Jonathan Healy. Thanks for joining us. Red Business Podcast with CompuB, Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com. So this week on Red Business, we are talking about the business of music and its many different facets. We're going to begin with somebody who is a vocalist and a vocal coach, and she has set up her own business along those lines. Gemma Sukru, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks a million for having me on this podcast, which I think is a brilliant idea. That's a very good start. Well done. <laughs> Always placate the guy who's got control of the microphone. Um, Gemma, tell me a little bit about what you do and, and Voiceworks Studio, how the idea came to you. Okay, so I set up Voiceworks with my best friend, Leisha Leahy. Um, is she still your best friend? She is. I actually just came from her house because we were working on a gig together. So I stayed in her house last night. So I set up, I was about 26 at the time. It was 2011. I just finished my master's in performance and I had done a BMOS. And we just, we ran a summer camp that went really well. And we had teens and kids <clears throat> singing pop. And we said, imagine if this was our life every day. Wouldn't it be fab? We, we try and make it our life every day. Okay, so we went along, we checked out getting a business loan, we got a solicitor, we got an accountant, we downloaded a free online business plan on Google and gave it a go. And we only set it up in, in four weeks because we'd finished the summer camp at the end of July and we needed to, you know, get going for September at the beginning of the academic year. So we set it up in 2011. So how does it work? How do you give people vocal training? Yeah, well, it's basically like it's one-to-one training would be our main area. Um, now, we do supporting instruments, including piano and guitar, because we think it's important for uh, people, singers, to have a chordal instrument. Um, and then we offer ensembles and stuff, but I would say the heart of our business is one-to-one coaching. So what you do is you take somebody who will come to you and say, I want vocal training. Yes. Um, I'm guessing some of them can't sing. Yeah, well, okay, so the stats are 4% of the population are tone deaf. Okay. <laughs> Bad news for 4% of people listening right now. You are, in fact, tone deaf. Yeah. So that means 96% aren't tone deaf. Yeah. And how many of them can sing? Um, it, all of them. All of them. And like, so, you know, there's a couple of things. But um, like, it, there's a cognitive thing of like the neural processing of the what you've heard going to the muscles in your larynx. So there's developing that process and, and getting those pathways faster. Right. So that's a process. Um, and then, you know, obviously, if you have a good instrument, some people just have better things going on here. So in the, the instrument is your voice. Yeah. Right. Now, the funny thing is some people can't sing. I mean, I, I can... You can. I can make noises. <laughs> but you have a very close. tonal voice as you're speaking. Yeah, but I can't sing. I mean, if, if you heard me last night in the car and yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I hit a beautiful patch on Spotify yeah. of great songs like Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, that's a hard song. Yeah, well, it's, it's even harder when I'm trying to sing it. And, <laughs> and you know, there's high notes and low notes and I just can't get them. And all of a sudden, I dramatically change key. 
Yeah. Um, what okay. am I doing wrong? Okay. So you need to, like like anything, you need to start with something simple and grow it because they're muscles and they need developing. So you need to bring the muscles for a jog or a walk every day and start developing their fluidity. And then, so like if you're jumping in singing Journey by Steve Perry, who's like one of the greatest male vocalists, you're going to be sinking and you're going to have to change key because it's really high because you haven't kind of been on a pathway to get to there. So, so can, can I yeah. still... At some stage in the future, with a bit of work, sing can do it. Journey. I can. Yeah. Right. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, you'd come in and you'd, we'd find repertoire that would suit your range and we'd start expanding as you go then. And because it's one-on-one, I, that that's good for business because that means it, it's you, you can charge more because you're dealing with one person each time rather than group lessons. But I'm guessing group lessons yeah. for singing wouldn't work because that's a choir. Yeah. Well, so... What would make better business sense actually will be all groups because the margin obviously is going to be better. Um, and it's very hard to kind of squeeze a margin out of a one-to-one session because you need to pay the teacher, you need to pay the overheads and you can't make it ridiculously expensive. Um, it's quite a luxury thing to do every week to get a one-to-one coaching session. Um, so actually it's not very profitable in that sense, but it's really popular and I think there's a real gap in the market for it. And yeah. I like to specialise and that's good. Um, but at some point, you have to turn around to one of the four percent and say, "I'm really sorry. You are actually tone deaf, and yeah. I can't do anything with you." Is that hard? Yeah, there's been one or two where you have to be like, because people are coming to lessons for different reasons. Some people are coming just like you have a mum who nobody listens to and gives her. You know, it's all about everybody else, and she just wants to be in for the thirty minutes and it just be about her. And even if she isn't going to like make a career out of it, um. But she's getting a lot out of it personally. It's confidence, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it really is. If if you can stand up in front of people and sing. Yeah. You can probably do most things in front of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, there's loads of things that happen to you physiologically when you come out of the room, no matter what, you are going to feel better and more because you've expressed yourself and you've let go of a few things and... You, oh, that's therapy. Another, let it go. That's another one. Um, do people? <laughs> Have do you pe- tried that one as well? I've no choice. <laughs> I've got a three-year-old daughter, oh. so therefore, let it go is big in our house. And what she does is, uh, do you know with that last bit where yeah. and the storm rage on? Yeah. My God, she gives the on socks. I oh, don't know yeah. whether that's something a lot of kids do. But oh, yeah, absolutely. And like she's Adina Menzel is a real outlier of a singer. They've done studies on her head where her head, the ratio size of her head in comparison to the width of her mouth is is really weird. Her mouth is really wide, which means that acoustically she's able to get that note like nobody else can. Yeah, it's, and it is good. It, it is good, even though the song is overplayed. I'm just going to put that <laughs> can, out there. I can imagine. Particularly in my house. Um, you um, are a successful singer in your own right and and you've done lots of things. You, you've worked with Jenny Green who of course played in the Marquee this yes. year. I, yes. know, I know Jenny from when she used to be a DJ. Really? Ju- and just a DJ. Now she does all sorts of things with orchestras and the likes yeah. of you. What was that like as an experience? Oh, it's been an amazing year. You know, it's I'm really reflective about it at the moment because we just did Electric Picnic uh, two weeks ago and that's where it all started. Um, in 2016 and to come back again this year was amazing and we've done the Three Arena the Marquee um, Galway Arts Festival um, it's, I just can't believe how much mileage we've gotten out of it and how much it makes people feel good and I mean you're winning them before you go even go on stage because people are so excited and invested in the in the brand of the gig now and but it's 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 
it shouldn't work. It shouldn't work to have a concert orchestra playing 90s classics with live vocals and Jenny on the decks. It's it it just that would have made no sense to people five yeah. years ago. But yeah. it's one of those things that's just really successful. Yeah, and like I think as well for the orchestra, getting that kind of an audience is re- is brilliant because you know people go to see the orchestra in the in the national concert hall generally. Um, so and they th- wouldn't be the youngest of groups as a rule. Oh, they're super cool. <laughs> but there's a different audience in the marquee yeah. or at Electric Picnic, and oh, they're yeah, still appreciating—they're yeah. still appreciating the, the the concert orchestra. Totally. So you have people who are coming to see the orchestra, and you have people who are coming to see Jenny and the their dance music fans, and that's the demographic. Like looking out in the audience, it's like a family, an older guy. They've no clothes on. <laughs> They're taking something, <laughs> and it's just really cool. <laughs> Very enjoyable. And again, that that's just part of a, a, a way of making music profitable. Which, let's face it, yeah. is pretty tough. Because yeah. if you're producing your own music, you can wait a long time before mm-hmm. you actually get any kind of return. I mean, you're writing your own stuff right now, aren't you? I am, and it's a really long process, and you kind of can't rush it. And Actually, I've come to realize that it gets better and better all the time. You get better and better at creating music all the time, the older you get. So like I had an old conception that or concept that it was like you, you know, once you're past your 20s, you're not cool anymore and you can't release your own music. But actually, the older you get, the more experience you have and the more you have to say. And yeah, but you have to be good with the fact that a little bit separate the art and the business a little bit. Yeah. Because they kind of, they need to be separate. How do people get in contact with you if they want to go for vocal training? Um, so we voicewerkstudio.ie is our website. Um, our office is open kind of half nine to half one, Monday to Friday, um, which you can kind of get us on Facebook. We're on all the different social media platforms. We have a business on South Terrace, which is our main studio in Cork City. We have um, a branch in Bandon and we have a branch in Killarney, County Kerry as well. That's a lot of branches. Those banks don't have as many branches <laughs> as you. Gemma Sugu, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com. So now on Red Business, we're back recording in the Republic of Work, and I'm with somebody who's come up with a pretty unique idea. I don't think I've seen this anywhere else. The product is called Center Stage, and it's key to those up and coming musicians in particular who want to get their music seen and heard. Finbar Pine, how are you? Very good, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. It's Thank you very much for joining us. Your product is kind of uh, something that you couldn't have done 10, 15 years ago, but you can do with relative ease now because at every concert there's going to be someone doing it and might as well be you and it might as well be done in a professional way. Tell us about Centre Stage. Yeah, so it's, it's an online platform basically for streaming live music gigs. So what we do is we, we film live music and we stream it and then we have post-edited content on our website afterwards for bands and for their friends and for other people to have a look at. So, uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, in terms of trying to do that, even up to five or ten years ago, you would have probably needed an outside broadcast unit. Now we're using new technology in terms of streaming technology to be able to bring that to a local level and offer that service to small bands, to up-and-coming bands, and, and help them to get their music out there. So well. who have you worked with so far, and what venues have you recorded in? So the main venue we've worked in so far is called The Woodford in Cork City here. Um, they've been very good in getting us involved every Wednesday night at a thing called The Woodford Sessions. Uh, we work with another local company called Crowd Sound and they put on the bands and we come and we do the filming and do the streaming. So that's been the main venue that we've worked in so far. We've done a couple of gigs out at CIT as well, out in the Rory Gallagher Theatre, 
and hopefully on from here then we'll uh, we'll expand it out to other venues in Cork and beyond. And how confident are you that there's a market for this? Because there, it's a very crowded space, let's put it that way. For sure, yeah. I mean, there's a massive market there, whether we can wiggle our way and force our way into be a part of it, only time will tell. But I suppose, you know, in terms of video content is a huge growing area in music and streaming is a huge growing area in music. We're trying to merge the two together and I suppose bring maybe a little bit in terms of professionalism to the video aspect of it. There's lots of online video content at the moment with people with phones and that kind of thing, but the quality is quite poor. We're kind of saying, okay, with a, a little step up from that, we can film it professionally and we can stream it professionally and hopefully you'll get a, a much better experience because and, of it. And, and some of the videos have interviews with bands as well. So you get to hear a little bit about the music, get a little bit behind the scene, so to speak. Do bands like to open up about that? Because I mean, the one thing they're passionate about is, is the song they write. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, we, we found even so far that uh, what's interesting is that, you know, before a gig, it's quite difficult to get maybe bands and musicians to talk about their stuff. And after a gig, they open up no problem because it's like as if that kind of energy release... The from adrenaline is running. The yeah. adrenaline is running, exactly. And I mean, you know, I suppose creative people think a little bit different to maybe business people in general. I know that's a sweeping generalisation, but, you know, I think that the, the the aspect of doing the gig and performing, that kind of gets the best out of out of creative people and then they're able to talk about where they were coming from or what they're thinking or what they want to do. So What is your best memory of going to a gig? Because, I mean, if, you come up, if you've come up with this product, I'm guessing that you've been to a fair few gigs in your time. What one stands out for you? God, you too. I'm going back a long, long way, back to probably the late 80s in Parky Cueve, actually, it was my first gig, and it was just an amazing experience. Um, was that the Unforgettable Fire? What, what tour was that? That was the Unforgettable Fire. Uh, no, sorry, it was the Joshua Tree Tour. The Joshua Tree yeah, Tour, which they've just done the 30th anniversary. anniversary yeah. actually, so I'm giving a bit away about, uh, about <laughs> time and vintage. So it was, it was absolutely a classic gig. I suppose, you know, my first big one, so you're going to have massive memories of that. And, and I suppose... Like, it's hard to recreate that buzz of being at a gig, you know, when you're there and when you have all the stuff that's going on, as well as just the music, there's all the other stuff going on as well. And I suppose maybe a little bit of what we're doing here is trying to say, can you bring a flavour, if you like? You're never going to fully recreate a live experience, but bring a flavour of what it's like to be at a live gig to an online experience. So if you listen to our stuff on centre stage, you'll hear glasses breaking in the background, you'll hear a bit of chatter, you'll hear whatever. That's intentional. We want it to be that way because you want it to feel a little bit like as if you're you're sitting there, even if you're sitting at home on your couch. And so. I mean, I'd imagine you would give a lot to bring you back to 1987. And, and for example, the most recent Joshua Tree tour, I mean, I filmed some of it on the phone that's in my pocket, as did the other 82,000 people who were in Croke Park with me. So, yeah. you know, we we really have changed the way that we approach these concerts. We want to hold on to a little bit of the memory. Yeah, exactly. And and I suppose how that's done and, and you know, the format that that will be sold on, uh, online going forward, that's probably yet to be worked out. You know, I suppose YouTube has been a bit of a revolution in music. Some of it good, some of it bad. Spotify and those types of services have been revolution in music. Some of it good, some of it bad. I would think and I would hope that over the next five or ten years that how we pay for music and how we pay for online content will be worked out it's like a lot of internet related things at the moment the world is still trying to work out how do we pay for all these things so i i would think and hope that you know going forward in the next five or ten years there'll be more of a direct relationship between the fan and the musician for instance in this case where if you look at what you're seeing and you like it 
Yutro, if you put to that, for instance, we're kind of describing our stuff like online busking. It's a concept yet to be proved, I suppose, in terms of whether people will go for that. But there are larger entities out there starting to go that route now, people like Stages and guys like that. So Tell me about the bands you've worked with so far, because you have a few of them up on the website already. Yeah, so we, we have, we put everyone that we've worked with so far, we put a, a little clip up there that's part of the... The deal, I suppose, that we have with them is kind of quid pro quo. They, they come and they perform and they give it our best and we, we give them back all the video content that they want and we put clips of it up online then on our own website. So we've worked with lots of different, I mean, there's been brilliant acts, to be honest with you, uh, a local group called Ruby and the Nighthawks, which are absolutely brilliant band. We've done a couple of runs with them and, and even though we did it in the Woodford, did a show with them in the Woodford, um, we're now doing, if you like, a, a, a very mini rockumentary with them where we followed them into the Albert Plunkett a couple of weeks ago. We've uh, we've followed them out now doing their band practice, that kind of thing, and produce, again, behind-the-scenes footage, I suppose, that they can put out on their social media and they can put out to their fans. Um, another really good band called MRC that we've worked with lately. Um, a couple of people from Crowdsound that I know, Darren Deneen, called Lally and that band. They're an absolutely brilliant band. Um, dry Roasted Peanuts, a young band, sounds like an odd <laughs> name. That's a brilliantly titled band. A brilliantly titled band. I want band. to hear them just because they've got a great name. Yeah, you should hear them. These guys are good now and they're, they're pretty quirky, to be honest with you. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty good characters. Oh, so, so all kinds of bands. All basically. kinds of bands. And give us the website so people can have a look at it. So it's Centre Stage, C-E-N-T-R-S-T-A-G-E. So there's no E in the middle, basically. You, 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 you dropped the middle E. We dropped the middle E, you exactly. The middle e. So centrestage.com.com. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. of centrestage.ie. Pleasure to talk. Talk to you. Thanks for joining. Thanks very much, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com. So that's the app that will show you the bands live in the venue and then the company set up to train the voices. But I suppose most people would still push new music through the most traditional of media, which would be the radio. And of course, we are Red Business, which is a podcast, but we are connected, of course, with Red FM, which is Cork's number one radio station. And the chief executive of that is Dermot O'Leary, who's sitting in front of me. Dermot, good to see you. Thanks, Mayor. Um, We are in Red FM, which, of course, is where you work. Um, Radio, though, has changed an awful lot in the last few years, hasn't it? It sure has. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's moved on from uh, your traditional... Uh, music playing and news and sport to uh, much wider. Uh, I still, still, I still think fundamentally, uh, music is one of the main reasons why people listen to radio. So music is still central to what we do, but it's certainly gone a lot, a lot wider. And you know, we're in the process of building uh, TV studios. We do podcasts with with your good self. There's loads of other things that we do now, but music still is, for me, one of the fundamentals of radio. I mean, we're, we're look, we're both of a generation where we grew up listening to radio. We ended up working in it, which yeah. I'd imagine our teenage selves would have thought was pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, but the medium has changed, and, and the biggest challenge of all is the number of people listening is is dropping. And, and, you know, while there's still an awful lot there, it's about stopping that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I suppose, um, it, it, and, and I suppose some stations are losing more than others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you're right. At an overall level, you know, there's no doubt that you know there's challenges to get people's attention in the overall world now. And I suppose radio, radio, still very much part of people's consideration, but they've got so much more consideration. They can do so many different things. You know, um, when radio lo- commercial radio launched in Ireland in the late 80s, you know, mobile phones didn't exist. And now you look at a mobile phone and, and, the, and the variety of things you can do well, you, on you that could, phone. You couldn't listen to the BBC 
unless no. you had a massive aerial on your roof. But now you can listen to every BBC station in the world, every American yeah. station in the world. Absolutely. It's a lot more competition. There is, but I, I suppose I'd be I'd be still very positive about Irish radio. I think uh, you're right. There's challenges around, you know, the various different age profiles, you know, younger, maybe not coming in as much. But I think as you move on up through the age profiles, even, you know, the the 25, 30 year olds, the audiences are still very strong and they're still very strong to Irish radio. Um, so you're right, the choice is getting bigger and bigger and I think that's the world we live in. But I think um, quality and good good local will, will win out. Uh, but but at, at, a, at, a, at a professional standard that competes with your BBCs and your, and your American stations that you've just mentioned. A lot of it is down to, and look, your background is in the commercial side of all yep. this. A, a lot of this is down to brand and... Mm getting the brand right and brand loyalty. We, we seem to be fiercely loyal in Cork. I agree. To brand. I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I'm in Cork coming up on five years now. Yeah, you're a dirty uh, dub. I am a dirty dub. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. You're right. I think if you look at the newspaper market in Cork, uh, very strong brands like the Irish Examiner or the Evening Echo. You've got strong radio brands like yourselves and 96FM and C103. Um, and, and they'd be the two medium that you'd really say local seems to be very strong. You know, you don't have a local TV station. Obviously, you've 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 content done on RT for Cork, but not necessarily a, a local show, if that makes sense. So, I think that the local brands and local sometimes can you know can sound you know parochial, but I I think they're big strong brands that compete with any um, station in Ireland. Um, but and you're and right; w- people are very loyal to their local. There's station. always going to be a market for that. I mean, you know, we've seen some. Uh, people dipping their toe in in TV in Cork and local TV. Going back to what would have been the case when we had Cork Multi Channel, yeah. But you know, there's always going to be a gap in the market for it. You know, it, the yeah. Evening Echo. Obviously, people thought the Evening Echo would be around forever. The Evening Echo is still there, but not as many people read it anymore. Yes. So there's going to be a gap, and and who's going to fill that gap? Um, I think that's what's going to become apparent over the next kind of five ten years. Um, you know, people would be would be negative about certain media in terms of your newspapers, they're this, they're that, but they're still there. They're still being bought, uh, maybe not as much as they were five, ten years ago. Uh, I, I think radio, in my view, I'm probably biased because I work in it and I love the business. I think radio will thrive. I think um, I think TV is going to face some pressures around, um, you know, uh, subscription TV and, and the ability to get content, you know, in so many other ways and who owns those rights. So I think I think radio. I would be very optimistic about the future of radio, um, and and I suppose I think mm. local radio is able to thrive in a market like Cork because there's a lot happening and and it's a big market relatively. Let, let's talk about music because uh, obviously this is a music station. I yep. know you, you you've got lots of talk elements and you've got an extremely successful business podcast. Yeah, uh, which you know people are listening. All to thanks right to you, now. Jonathan. Yeah, indeed. Um, but music is is the lifeblood, and and for younger acts coming through. Mm. Like the big thing is to to get on radio. Yeah, you're going to be on Spotify and people might talk about you, but it's still a big thing to get on radio. And and that's something that you know through Neil's program in particular, and I suppose through wider programming yeah. here, you've always tried to do in Red FM. Absolutely. Um, I think for we're, we've been on air 15 years. I think we've done a great job of 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 kind of building. Uh, Irish ra- Irish um, music acts. Um, I'm thinking of even more recently bands like um, uh, or Stephanie Rainey, the Brian Deedy, who've been in the, in the station the last couple of months. Those sorts of people that have actually become, I would say, I won't say you know household names, but they'd be they'd be well known. They'd be they'd be paid nationally, and a lot of them would have kind of started their radio careers in red. Um, so and like we've a, we've a show on a Sunday night, Green on Red, which we put a lot of time into bringing local Cork bands in. But not just Cork. We try and do Irish as well. But 
we're also always looking for uh, local Cork acts to support. And I, I would say we we would have a good reputation in terms of trying to find that talent and nurture it and help it out a little bit. And even things like building out uh, TV studios in red, I think you'll see some of those acts appear on our platform now. So that'll give them some recognition mm-hmm. in terms of facial, etc. So, yeah, I think we're good. I think we can always do more. Uh, being very being very frank about it but yeah overall I think we're uh, we'd be seen as a good supporter mm. of, of Cork and Irish music and, and you mentioned the, the TV studio all that kind of thing that's all going to be on social media and and yes. it, do you see social media as competing with the traditional models or is it complementing them or is that is that how it's going to go? I, I think it's probably going to be a bit of both I think it'll absolutely complement what we do because it already does um, so you look at um, like Neil's show, or you look at Dave Mack's show, or a breakfast show. We'll 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 tell our, our social channels about things coming up, or if you miss this bit, we'll do the same with your show. Um, the, the podcast, we'll we you know we'll remind people through social. We'll use LinkedIn. We'll use the various different channels that we think you know are are are, are closer aligned to to the product we're we're trying to push. But I also think. Um, our, our new studios will allow us to do other things um, that will compete a bit with radio but we'll be sensible about that in terms of what time we put them out the audience we're looking for and we'll be looking for a different angle well I mean the, I wanted to finish up this yeah. music podcast with a song you you can't sing I've heard you try so we're not going to leave it to you we're going to play out with a bit of Brian Deedy in just a minute uh, from the session that he did here uh, a couple of months back um, but uh, for now Dermot O'Leary uh, of Red FM thank you for joining us in Red Business thanks Johnson thanks for having me my thanks to all my guests, Anthony of Hennessy, for helping organise it all. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Red Business on iTunes, and we'll catch you on the next one. Oh, 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 well, the devil won't let me clap on my hands, clap on my hands. And he won't let me dance, no, the devil won't let me clap on my hands, clap on my hands. And he won't let me dance. Well, the devil won't let me stomp on my feet, stomp on my feet, and he won't let me be, no, the devil won't let me stomp on my feet, stomp on my feet, and he won't let me be, but I, I run away, I run away with you, I run away. Clap on my hands, clap on my hands, and you won't let me dance, no, the devil won't let me, clap on my hands, clap on my hands, and you won't let me dance, well, the devil won't let me, stop on my feet, stop on my feet, and you won't let me be, no, the devil won't let me, stop on my feet, stop on my feet. Let me tell you that he, he 
he won't, he won't let me dance. He won't, he won't, he won't let me dance. He won't, he won't, he won't let me dance. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. Compubee.com. 